For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. That is correct. Andrew McLean here hanging out with you. I don't know what is going on with our sound. It's always different. No matter what I do, and I know you guys are hearing it on the other end, no matter what I do before the show, it never comes out right when I start. But that don't matter because we're going to do a show anyway. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode, whether you're doing so live or you're listening to the audio version on other podcast platforms. Uh, You know we did not have an episode last night or yesterday. It was my birthday, the big 35 uh, time constraints just didn't allow that to happen. And really the same thing happened on Monday. It's just been a bad week for the podcast, but... Never fear, we're going to keep it rolling like we're supposed to keep it rolling. And uh, keep it consistent, if you will. Now, we almost, I'm going to be honest with you, we almost didn't have a podcast today because of some unforeseen circumstances that I'm, I'm not going to put out there today, but I may talk about them a little later uh, on a later episode. But uh, we got thrown for a loop this morning and we're like, oh, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the podcast. And then Trish was like, hey, what are you doing? Wait, why are you not doing the podcast? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I need to do that. Because there's plenty of stuff to talk about. I gotta get to it. Now, one thing about this show, I, I, I want to... It's weird when it comes to podcasts, because I'm I'm a radio guy, news talk radio guy, so I'm so used to giving you the headlines and just giving you kind of a daily rundown of what's going on. And... And there's, there's part of it where that doesn't really mesh well on podcasts because people like to go back and listen to it, you know, days, weeks, even months later. 
and you really don't want to put any information or make a show about something that's not going to be relevant in, you know, three, four weeks, two, three months, whatever. I haven't gotten to the point where I can really avoid that yet, but we're we're trying to keep it more general instead of me just, you know, talking about a hurricane that's uh that's coming through the the east coast of the United States and and who's being affected cuz you know, that's not something that's going to matter 2 months from now. But uh with the presidential race, that's something that's going to be around for a minute. So I want to talk a little bit about that today cuz Joe Biden gave me some real gifts for my birthday uh gifts or you could even call them gaffes joe biden the gaff machine he is uh, he did he did an interview with uh and i'm not even really sure how this what this was but it was almost like uh, there was three or four different media outlets i don't know if they were working for the same station i know one was npr i don't know who the rest of them were but it was kind of like a virtual roundtable deal where they were talking about the upcoming election and, and really talking to Joe Biden about some of the things that he's being accused of or things that's, that, that, that are being drawn out into the political arena, in particular, about his cognitive ability. He's been asked about that before, and he's brushed it off, laughed it off, or whatever. Uh, but it, people keep asking him because... Even the people that can't stand Trump, they're looking at Joe Biden and they're thinking, my Lord, this guy actually is a train wreck. This guy can't string two things together. And here we are. They're saying, oh, we got no problem doing the debates. And Democrats are like, oh, the debates. Jeez. We don't know I want to go through this. It's going to be ugly. So they're pressing him on it. And they're saying it's it's almost the media's way of nudging Joe Biden and the and the, the Biden camp and saying, "Hey, y'all y'all need to really practice for this debate. Y'all really need to get it together because Biden could absolutely get slaughtered." So here's some audio from that particular interview where one of the hosts was asking Joe Biden about that very issue and, and the the charges, if you will, from Donald Trump about his mental deterioration, and to say the least, it was a pretty awkward exchange. Mr. Vice President, your opponent in this election, President Trump, has made your mental state a campaign topic. And when asked in June if you'd been tested um, for cognitive decline, you've responded that you're constantly tested in, in, in effect because you're in situations like this on the campaign trail. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test. No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? <laughs> okay, so let's just let's back up a little bit. We've we've gone from Joe Biden saying he's his cognitive abilities are tested on a regular basis to I know I haven't taken a test. Why in the world would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are you a junkie? What do you say? <laughs> Did you take a test if you were on cocaine or not? Huh? You a junkie man? What's up? He's getting so he's getting so testy. Joe Joe Biden is notorious for this. Yeah, don't 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 conflate the two of Joe Biden mental deterioration Joe Biden and angry aggressive Joe Biden, angry confrontational Joe Biden. One didn't cause the other. 
the angry confrontational Joe Biden has always been there. You can go back to the late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. He's always been this way. He's always been feisty. He's always, you know, really, I mean, there's been numerous occasions where he's been demeaning towards voters or reporters that were simply asking him questions. But then you throw in a pinch of dementia, and then this is what you get. To President Trump, who brags about his tests and makes your mental state an issue for voters. I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't, I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental, my physical as well as my mental fitness and mm. uh, to, uh, you know, to make a judgment about who I am. Mm, that's, <laughs> that's not a good look coming from Joe Biden. Especially when he's, um, he can't even pronounce mental and, and physical fitness. It's just, it's not a good look. But during that same interview, during that same interview, Joe Biden is asked about the Cuban community and how they feel about communism, how they feel about America's, uh, uh, this is not how they phrased it, but what they were really getting at was, how America is moving in a direction that has a lot of socialist tendencies. I guess I can say that. And how he feels he is going to bring the Cuban community into into the realm of of the Joe Biden camp and get them to vote. And he said something that, as being a Democrat, comes off as incredibly, incredibly offensive. Listen to this right here. The way I put that program together to provide... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Are, are you going to re-engage with Cuba, though? I mean, I'm, I'm specifically wondering about, you know, the Florida yes. communities that are, in, in, you know... Yeah. In now, first of all, let me point this out. Joe Biden and the, 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 the mainstream media have, have bragged on Obama's moves that he made while president in meeting with uh, Castro in Cuba and trying to improve relations with Cuba while they did absolutely horrendous things to their people. If you recall, they caught a lot of heat from the right-wing media. The left-wing media defended it. They're still defending it to this day, but the hypocrisy shows because the same people that are praising, still to this day, Obama for cozying up to Cuba are criticizing Donald Trump for trying to build relationships with North Korea or Russia or any other country for that matter. Okay when Obama does it, bad when Trump does it. That's a topic for another day. This is about Joe Biden's mental health. Listen to this. Incredibly interested in, in the Cuba issue um, and see yes. uh, status given to Venezuelans while Cubans are being deported. The answer so are, is yes, I'm going to engage. Yes. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. Oh, 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 that's not a good look. Not a good look, Joe Biden. With incredibly different attitudes about different things. You go to Florida, you find a very different attitude about immigration in certain places than you do in your, when you're in Arizona. So it's a very different a very diverse community. 
Now that poor lady from NPR, she she don't know what to say. She's like, oh, oh, whoa! The black community is not diverse in any way. They all look the same. They all think the same. They all have the same views on any given issue. Hmm. Now, in reality, there is some truth to what Joe Biden's saying, and I'll explain it to you. He is, and I don't know if this is what he's talking about, but if there is any truth to be drawn from it, it is in the way that the African-American community votes. It's predominantly Democrat, is it not? So, he's looking at his polling numbers, where he's winning the African-American vote big, while Donald Trump really has a surprising amount of, of, of African-American support in the polls as well. And I still stand by my statements that I've been making for months now that Donald Trump will have the, uh, the, 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 the biggest portion of the African-American vote that we've ever seen from any Republican ever. Um, that, that statement, I think, is predicated on those set of facts on those polls to say, hey, they all kind of vote in one way. But when you deal with the Latino community, they're all they're kind of all over the board. Some are voting Republican, some are voting Democrat, some are voting independent. They're just, you know, there's no really rhyme or reason to the Latino community and how they vote. I think that's what he meant. Problem is, whether that's true or not, the problem is Joe Biden is a Democrat and he's not allowed to say that, right? In 2020, to make a statement about that, about the African-American community, you could say it about white people or you can say it about evangelicals or, you know, 65 and older people or what. You could say that. But to say it about the African-American community or the Muslim community or the, uh, the Hispanic community... If you were to say that, you can't. And Joe Biden did just that as a Democrat. So now the people, the likes of the Bernie bros, the people that that look at Ilhan Omar and AOC as their leader, Joe Biden's going to get some pushback. Now, this just happened yesterday, so I I haven't gotten the full scope of, of the repercussions of what he's going to be dealing with, but I gotta I, I got to think it's not going to be good. It's not going to be very good. But we'll wait and see. Joe Biden, the more he comes out, the worse it gets for him. At least me viewing it from a political point of view and and assuming what others are thinking while they're watching this on TV. Democrats know they have a turd of a politician. And they're trying to shine that turd as much as possible to present it on election day. But much like Republicans were in 2016, they cringe every time their candidate opens his mouth. Now, Donald Trump, you remember, he was very, very brash during the 2016 election. He would say anything and everything. I mean, much more brash than he is now. He's got, he's got kind of somewhat the same style, but it's just really toned down a lot. Pre- it's, it's more presidential, if you will. Okay, I know those don't seem to go together, but he is more presidential than he once was on the campaign trail. But in 2016, Republicans that were either iffy or um, completely not on board with Donald Trump 
They would. They would cringe at every tweet, every time he held a press conference. They never knew what he was going to say. And, and, you know, Donald Trump was still kind of new to the scene at that point. So it was very unpredictable. Uh, Joe Biden is the same way in that sense. But it's different because Joe Biden, you're dealing with mental decline instead of just a wild card rogue renegade (laughs) that just shoots from the hip. Joe Biden, he ain't got a clue where he's at. He's just lost. And it scares the crap out of Democrats. It's why there's so much hype around this vice presidential pick. And you've heard me talk about it time and time again. The vice presidential pick is very important to them. One, because Joe Biden's already admitting that he's probably not going to go for a second term. But two, most Democrats have a feeling that Joe Biden's not going to make it through term number one. And they want to put somebody in there that can tow the party line and represent the party to move on to the next level. Joe Biden is the last of the old party. Joe Biden, who was a moderate, still calls himself a moderate. I watched an interview on, uh, who was that? Dana Perino had on uh, Dr. Jill Biden, Joe Biden's wife. And, you know, she was adamant about saying her husband is was a moderate, still is a moderate. And he may be. I think he is on some issues, but unfortunately, the code of of uh, the code of conduct within the Democrat Party is to allow the minority to call the shots, and so Joe Biden has created this avenue for the far left within the party to call the shots in a lot of cases. And when that happens, you're dealing with some. Pretty bad things. I mean, radical things. Stuff that really nobody should accept, whether that's communism, socialism, uh, even anti-Semitism. Like, some real nasty stuff. But Joe Biden is allowing that stuff to come in because he feels like, or at least he's told, that that's just the way the Democratic Party is now. I'll go ahead and tell you, if the Democratic Party... As people like Joe Biden and and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer start to dial up and start to retire, if they allow that group of people to take over their party, it will be the end of their party. It won't be able to survive in this country. You got too many people with their heads screwed on straight that actually get out there and vote that are not going to let that fly. Is that to say Republicans are always going to win? No, of course not. But that party is already been knocked down. They were knocked down in 2016. They're, they've been knocked down. They've ne- they never got up. They never got up from 2016. And here they are putting Joe Biden, it's 77 years old, or however old he is, up as their candidate. They could have put somebody else up there that was maybe a little more progressive than Joe Biden, but was a much better pick. And had a much better chance of defeating Trump. Again, I always put this disclaimer out there. I'm not telling you guys to just relax and chill. Don't worry about it. Trump's going to win. You, you don't even need to go vote. I'm not saying any of that. It is vital that everybody goes and votes on November 4th. But, and the reason for that is, is because of October surprises and everything else. There's always something. Always something that comes out right before the election that is detrimental to each candidate. 
But the Democrat Party is in trouble. But talking about October surprises, this is one thing that's surprising to me. And, and if I've got to make a prediction about how this is all going to play out, because it's weird times anyway with coronavirus and all that. The debates will be a disaster for Joe Biden, the Democrats. And the October surprise, I feel like, will also be a disaster for the Democrats. Because they have had to throw the kitchen sink at this president. Every single thing they've got. Because this is this is different than what we've seen in the past. We, we've never seen an opposition go so aggressively to remove a sitting president, especially with stuff that turns out to not even be true. It's not like Watergate. It's not like Richard Nixon. This is different. This is stuff that they're making up on their own and, and literally scandals that they created on their own. But you've never seen a party go after a sitting president quite like this. And you have to think to yourself, at the end of the day, after everything that's going on, from the spying, to Russia, to Trump's taxes, to, to everything else, what else do they have left? Do they have anything left? Because it seems like they've used everything. Whether it's people coming out of the White House writing books. The, the, the latest thing was a, uh, Mary Trump or whatever her name is. Trump's niece writing a book. Says he's incredibly racist. Uses the N-word all the time. You mean to tell me that Trump freely uses the N-word and we have yet to hear one snippet of audio of him doing that? Nobody's got it. Nobody's got it on video. There are millions of people in this country that would kill to have that audio or have that video. And nobody's, nobody's even seen it, much less possesses it. Come on. They don't have anything. They don't have anything. And if they did, they would absolutely use it. They would misuse it more than likely. But they would use it because they, they, they've never been, from the day this president took office... They have never been willing to wait until the next election to try to beat him. And maybe they just thought he was so powerful from the start that they couldn't beat him in a second election. But they have tried everything possible to get him out before the, before the election. Everything. And nothing's worked. Nothing at all. With the full power of the government, the full power of the FBI and the intelligence agencies... Nothing. Nothing worked. So what kind of October surprise could they actually have? Remember, these guys were wanting to impeach the president before we even got to Inauguration Day. They didn't even want to wait. Right? John Lewis. John Lewis wanted to impeach Donald Trump right off the bat. John Lewis is sadly passed away and guess what Donald Trump's still president <laughs> I mean, I'm just just giving you the stats here so what can they possibly have and then on the other hand do Republicans even need an October surprise Joe Biden will probably lay out his own October surprise and do something that causes his whole campaign to take a 
giant steamy crap. If he keeps on the track that he's on right now, that's certainly going to happen. Now, here's what they planned on doing. Here's what the Joe, Joe Biden camp wanted to do. Coronavirus, his party is taking advantage of it. Right now, they're on Capitol Hill debating a bill, keeping unemployment from Americans so they can cram things into a 3 and $4 trillion bill, like making sure we have carbonless airplanes by 2021, and, and we... We bail out all these blue states and the rich people in those blue states who have made bad decisions over the past 20 years. While they're doing all that, Joe Biden, while they're doing that and they're they're shutting everything down and trying to shut it down over and over and over and over, Joe Biden's like, man, this is perfect. We're just going to sit back. We're going to relax, do a couple, uh, do a couple Skypes, you know? Talk to the people, maybe write a speech. I can just read it off the paper. I don't even have to talk off the cuff. We can even likely skip the debates. We don't even have to worry about that. Donald Trump is so hated in this country, we don't even have to campaign. Couldn't be better. Joe Biden has got a smooth trail to victory. But then the heat started coming. Then the pushback started coming, and people started saying, I mean, if Joe Biden wants to be president... He's actually going to have to do some interviews. He's actually going to have to answer questions from the people. He's actually going to have to go from city to city, which he still hasn't done. He's really not even left the state of Delaware. I think he made a trip to Pennsylvania one time. He's going to have to start traveling the country and show that he's at least got the stamina to do that. And so they quickly realized that that was the case. Of course, they're doing the bare minimum. Again, an interview here, an interview there. A speech here, a speech there. But nothing of significance. And then, when he does interviews, they're mostly softballs. Even when they try to pose the tough questions to Joe. I didn't mean to hit my microphone. Even when they try to pose those tough questions... And they do it in such a nice way. They fluff it up for him real nice, make it nice and pretty where he can, they can put a bow on it and he can easily, easily debunk whatever accusation that they're saying Trump or whoever's made. Joe Biden gets angry and he gets testy. And then you get audio clips like the ones you heard on this podcast. Joe Biden thinks much like Hillary Clinton did, that he is owed this. He's told at the very beginning, and I guarantee you this is how this went, he was told, dude, nobody, nobody's going to be voting for Trump. All you got to do is accept the nomination and cruise to election day. And then that's it. And then you're president. And then you can pass the baton, whether that's in two years or four years or whatever, to your vice president. And then you get to go down as his, in history as one of the U.S. presidents. You will be the ultimate comeback story of a guy who ran two and three times for president, just couldn't make the cut. And then finally, your day came in the year of 2020, where you became president and saved America from the evil Donald Trump. That's what they're looking for. Or that, 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 that's what they told him. 
He said, wow, it does sound good. And in their minds, they're thinking, we've got this old feeble guy that obviously don't have his stuff together. If there was anybody that was the perfect puppet for our socialist and progressive agenda, Joe Biden's it. He's just going to go along to get along. They hemmed him up. So it went from that in the very beginning to a literal case of elder abuse. We are literally watching elder abuse unfold on TV each and every day. Every day that Joe Biden does an interview or a speech or whatever we call him, a rally, is another case of elder abuse. And I don't understand why nobody's being arrested for this. Somebody should be held accountable for doing this to Joe Biden. Because I don't know about y'all, I feel bad for the guy. I think somebody should finally say, hey, make it stop. Make it stop. That's it for us today. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media and all that jazz. At Andrew McLean, who on Parlor on Twitter. And uh, where else are we at? Facebook, all that. Oh, there is a podcast out now where I joined Scott Dawson. It was very weird because he interviewed me, and I'm not used to that. I don't know how to handle it when I don't have control of the show. But I did it anyway because I like Scott Dawson. That podcast is out now. Dawson Now is the name of the podcast. You can look him up on Facebook or look up Scott Dawson on Twitter and uh, find that podcast. Listen to it. I just kind of talk about life behind the microphone, outside of that, my faith, everything else. It's, uh, you know, I don't know how to explain it. Just go listen to it. You'll like it. I'm sure you will. And then just let Scott Dawson know how you like that guy. Get him back on. It'll <laughs> score, me, score me some cool points, some brownie points with Scott Dawson. That's it. Make sure you share the show with everybody you know and uh, hear us on every podcast platform you can think of. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new podcast, so keep your eyes out for that. And until then, see you, Cole.